Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Midtown Business Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Midtown Business Radio. I'm your host, Jessica Park. I'm here today for uh, Michael Lauer, who is uh, doing a remote broadcast with the guys um, in Vegas. So they're they're not having a bad time at all. So I want to get started today and uh, go ahead and introduce our guests um, in a little bit, we're going to talk to Dave Basarab, the founder of Mobile Business Academy. And then we're going to speak also with Steve Wadley with Click Media and Elizabeth Kunitz with the Bravado, Bravaldo Capital Advisors. And we're going to start the show with Megan McAfee with Floats. How are you doing today, Megan? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about Floats and how, how you got into uh, the unique business that you are in. Absolutely. Um, it's actually pronounced Flotus, like like Lotus with an F. Oh, okay. I know it's it's confusing. It's spelled in a strange way. Uh, but what it is is uh, we have flotation chambers, which are more commonly or at least uh, more traditionally called sensory deprivation chambers. And uh, those are... Uh, five by eight tubs that are filled with water and 1,200 pounds of Epsom salt. And so what that does is it detoxifies your skin and muscle tissue and also makes you completely buoyant so that you float in there like a beach ball at the pool. Uh, It gives your body the same experience as if you were in an anti-gravity environment. Wow, that's pretty interesting. So what are some of the benefits that you, re- or you, you receive by doing this? Well, like I said, it detoxifies your skin and muscle tissue, all that Epsom salt. And the, um, the lack of gravity has the same effect on your body as being in anti-gravity, which means that your spine decompresses and your joints all decompress uh, and your muscles all get a chance to simultaneously release in a way that they can't um, in our normal gravity-filled world. But uh, more commonly, people come not for the physical benefits, but for the psychological and even spiritual benefits um, of the sensory deprivation aspect of it. Uh, The water's heated to exactly your skin temperature, so once you relax into it, which can be kind of tricky to trust the water, but once you do relax into it, you uh, feel nothing. You lose sense even of where your body ends and the water begins. You have the option of turning off the light, and so then it's completely dark, and the chambers are soundproof, so you hear nothing. So tell us a little bit how you got into this. This, this has to be a, there has to be a story here. <laughs> there is. I'm actually a massage therapist, and we offer massage therapy as well as infrared sauna at Flotus. Uh, and one of my clients was opening this place and uh, asked me to come on board and, and bring a massage along. And that's Edward? Is that Edward or? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> different. There's a few of us. Okay. <laughs> but but Edward uh, is the one who built the chambers uh, himself, and he actually has one in his house. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I know that people are familiar with soaking in Epsom salts and things like that when they've exercised really hard or done something s- to pull a muscle. What are What is the difference between the two? I know yours is probably just a hyper... Uh, 
really just uh, experience compared to that, but what is the difference? Right. Well, when you take an Epsom salt bath at home, you put in maybe a cup or two. And uh, in our chambers, we put in 1,200 pounds, which is a couple thousand dollars worth of Epsom salt in each chamber. And um, that makes for a much more intense experience. How long does a typical float last? We recommend an hour and a half. Uh, it seems to be enough time. Like I said, it, an hour and a half sounds long, but you'd be amazed how many people come out after an hour and a half and are just shocked that that much time has gone by already. What if they fall asleep? I mean, is that... That's fine. That's you can fine. fall asleep and not, like, drown? Absolutely not. The water holds you. You can fall asleep, and, and if you start to turn over in your sleep... Uh, then before you get a chance to drown, the water will hit your eye, and that'll wake you up. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. I don't know if I, w I would be nervous about that, <laughs> getting too relaxed. No, no, that's what it's for. Yeah, and you can you can fall asleep, and and uh, you can uh, meditate. It's kind of like a cheat meditation. I I tend to be a bit claustrophobic. Would this affect me in the uh, chamber? You know, a lot of people come in worried about that, and I have yet to see anyone who's had trouble with claustrophobia. In fact, I've had a few people come in and try it to help overcome their claustrophobia. Uh, the thing is, you have complete control over the over your environment. There's there's a door to the chamber that you can leave open if you want, and you can get out anytime you like. But the chambers themselves are quite large, and so it's more like being in a very large bathtub than being in a tiny little room. Okay. Um, so it can improve your life. That's good to know. Well, tell us um, a little bit about the other services that you provide there and where you're located. Right. Well, we are in Little Five Points, uh, right in the middle of Little Five Points. And uh, the other services we provide, we have an infrared sauna, which is unlike a traditional sauna, it uses infrared energy instead of uh, steam, which means that the sauna is much more effective at much lower temperatures. So you can stay in there for a longer period of time. And depending on what setting you put it on, uh, the sauna uses a combination of near, mid, and far rays to target specific issues like weight loss or skin health, things like that. And then, of course, like I said, we also have massage therapy. Do you have packages available so you can get a number of floats Absolutely. or a number of treatments at a time? Absolutely. And we highly recommend that. The, the, uh, there, was, there was thought behind uh, the services we offer, and, and they work wonderfully together. They, they enhance each other. Okay. How many floats would you recommend to get, like, the utopia experience from it <laughs> <laughs> well it's definitely there's definitely a learning curve I, some people absolutely love their their first float but most people uh need two or three floats to kind of get the hang of it it's it's our our impulse is to uh try to float and and fight the experience and and hold tension in our bodies and and so it takes a little bit of time to learn to relax and trust that the water is going to hold you and that it's okay to completely relax. Well, excellent. Well, tell our listeners how we can reach out and learn more about 
flautus. Is that right? Flotus. Flotus. <laughs> okay. I know. It's, it's tricky. <laughs> it has the number two in it. I'm like, flutus. <laughs> there you go. Lotus with an F. It's, that's how I describe it. Um, well, you can go on our website, uh, www.flotus.com, and that's spelled F-L-O and the number two and the letter S dot com. Uh, and there's lots of information there. You can also book your appointments online if you want. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I am definitely going to come by and check it out because I th- it sounds like something you have to experience to really understand and grasp. And I'm definitely into the f- Epsom baths for uh, muscle repair. So it's got to be an experience to be had. All right. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. And next, we're going to talk to Elizabeth Kuntz with Bravado Capital Advisors. Hello, Elizabeth. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Good. So tell us, uh, who is Bravado Capital Advisors? Um, Bravado Capital Advisors is a partnership here in the Atlanta area working in the middle market businesses to provide full-service investment banking. And by that, we mean we do buying, selling, and helping businesses raise money for expansion. Um, We try to provide full-service New York-style talent to the local business market here in Atlanta. And um, what role do you fill in the marketplace? Um, Well, we provide the same, we try to provide the same level of service that a high-profile investment bank would provide. If you think about what you read about in the Wall Street Journal and the Goldman Sachs and the advising of clients uh, doing the mega mergers, we try to work with the same level of professionalism and academic background and skills down in a smaller business, um, which is unique because the smaller businesses often present their own set of challenges um, due to the personal management style of the business, due to accounting issues that sometimes exist in privately owned businesses that would prefer not to show the IRS the full effect of their profitability. Um, So we are often challenged, and the difficult process that we face is the market for those businesses is more difficult to determine. Um, If you threw a big name up there in the paper and said that Apple was for sale, there'd be tons of people that would be interested. But when you put a business out there that no one's heard of, and it's typically named in a in a personal manner. It's very difficult to find a market for that business, to find the right place for it to go, to either be bought or to be financed. And making that market is something we specialize in. Wonderful. Well, well tell us a little bit how you got involved. I imagine you're very busy right now with tax season as well. Actually, it is very busy this year. The middle market and the whole M&A market has really come back. Um, it was pushed in 2012 due to tax legislation changes, which encouraged business owners to sell. And we found last year exceedingly slow due to the push forward into 2012 and due to the general economic uncertainty in the environment, the governmental regulation problems that were out there, the currency issues that were there, they all slowed a business owner from making a decision. This year, they seem to be on the positive side. Um, The good news is that valuations are up market-wide. Both small businesses and big businesses are back commanding high prices. Financing market's back. The banks are willing to lend again. So all things point to a really busy season in 2014, which we are seeing in our current pipeline. Um, How I got into it was that I went to um, get my master's in business, and while I 
dressed like a marketer and enjoyed the challenge of the personalization of marketing. I thought like a financier and I needed numbers to make sense. And the way I crossed that path was by going into investment banking in the smaller end of the market where personal relationships matter. If I had chosen to launch my career in New York City, I could have done much the same financial analysis, but I would have done it in an impersonalized manner. I would have been a specialist in one particular thing for my whole career, and that really just wasn't of interest to me. Yeah. Excellent. Well, tell us why why an investment banker when the cost can be larger than other options available? Well, typically the idea of using an investment banker when you're buying or selling a business is that you want to present the level of professionalism out in the market that that person can provide you or that group can provide you. And more importantly, as I've indicated in the market we specialize in, it's very difficult to determine the market. It's very difficult to find the appropriate sources. And competition always makes things better in our market. The more people that want to loan to you or the more people that want to buy you or the more people that want to talk to you, the more interest you can develop, the wider and better a range of opportunities you'll be be presented. As we call it a one-off when one business owner is approached directly by another business owner for some kind of engagement, those have a very low chance of success. It's great to pursue them, they're interesting, but they typically don't actually come to fruition. So having someone out there who can create a sense of competition and or actually develop competition for you or what you're seeking is a benefit that's very hard to tangible, tangibly define. What are, some, what are the top three mistakes that business owners make by your assessment in selling businesses? Well, the first one that comes to obvious mind is not being prepared. Um, A lot of our business owners come to us in a reactionary posture where they've already been approached by some other entity for an involvement, or worse yet, they've had a family or personal health crisis, and they see that they need to do something now. The problem with doing something now is often, as I've indicated, these businesses have been run, as we call it, as a lifestyle business, where the family or the owners have correctly run the business to their own benefit. Um, But that is difficult to present to an outside world who wants to buy it from a financial perspective. So oftentimes we're working with recreating or restating or adjusting financials historically. The financials are not correctly kept. So we have to go back and adjust slash augment the financial statements. Um, We oftentimes have to help the management provide another strong manager behind them because it's very difficult to sell a business and eventually walk away from it if you are the business. So you need to have a management team and or a management vision in place that you can sell to the outside world. The, the mistake we often make or hear about is, you know, someone will come to market and then the buyer will say, well, what happens if you got hit by a truck tomorrow? And the answer is my business dies. That's a difficult sell if you can't say, well, my associate so-and-so can step in and run the business for me. They're talented. They know what we've done. They understand our customers. So we need to, you need to have a business plan in place. You need to have a management team behind you and good financials. And lastly, it would be beneficial if you had a plan as opposed to being what we call reactionary, reacting to a crisis that has occurred. It'd be better if you were working towards a plan than if you were simply reactionary. You'll just have a better valuation and a better result in the market. I believe we have a couple of people in the studio today that have sold businesses in the past. Um, 
that could probably speak on this as well, but when is the right time to sell your business? Well, the obvious answer is everyone wants to sell at the top of a peak of a market. And as we all know from the stock market, that's very difficult to tell exactly when that is. If we had crystal balls, we'd all be retired and we'd all be wealthy from having perfect vision of the future. You need to sell when your business is in an upswing, when it has produced good results historically, but it is still able to demonstrate and justify a reasonable positive forecast for the future. Typically when you're at the top of a peak, the future forecast looks a bit downsloped. So you need to sell just before the peak. Secondarily, you need to sell when the market is strong. Um, as I've indicated earlier, indications are that the economic market is showing revitalization, lenders are back in the market, valuations are up. Those are things which one individual con owner cannot control. But when those signs point positively in the business owner's direction, it's a good time for the business owner to consider selling. And that brings me to the topic of uh, exit strategy. Know that you need to have an exit plan in place. At what point would you say that you need to have that in place? And um, how would you do that, go about doing so? Well, it's always nice to have one in mind from the very beginning. Um, building a business for the sake of building the business is exciting, it's fun, and it's a challenge. But if ultimately you can't realize a profit or a benefit from that business, it's, it's less exciting and obviously disappointing at the end. Um, that being said, you certainly don't have to have a firm time path. Exit strategies need to be flexible. They need to be changed. They need to be altered as circumstances require. But you should have a goal in mind um, all the time, and you should be working slightly towards that goal. All your steps, it's a long-term plan, and it needs to take that into place. Um, Sometimes it changes. Sometimes you have family members that it come into the business and it, all of a sudden they're interested in a generational transfer. Sometimes you look around you and you know you have no management team in place that would be interested in continuing the business upon your departure. So it, you may have one path in mind and you may venture to another as the business develops, but you should always have something in the long-term plan. Tell us a little bit about um, other outside advisors that you should have on your team as a business owner. Well, we often, Brevaldo Capital is often referred into a business by its other advisors, be that the legal team, be that the accounting team, even the wealth manager for the business owner who recognizes that this is an asset that has significant value and impact on that family's long-term financial situation. So you need to have a strong team of financial advisors around you at all times, but when you are actually proposing an exit strategy, you need to make sure you have a strong corporate attorney, not a family business attorney on board. You need to have an outside accounting firm, which has been either familiar by reviewing your financial statements or is familiar with your business and industry so they can help us present those financial statements in an appropriate manner. And it's advisable to have a wealth manager on board. Oftentimes we're approached by someone who will say, I want to sell my business and I want to retire. That's great. What do you need to retire? I don't know. Well, then it's very difficult for us to know if your business is going to allow you to retire. Because sure. we can give you an estimate of what your business may be worth. But if you need a number X times 4 and your business is X times 2, then somewhere you have to find the difference. So having a financial plan for your family in place often makes it easier to, to decide to sell a business. 
And is having capital advisors on your team, is that something that's obtainable for small business owners, startups, and big choice companies that... Well, we feel feel that we fit in the valuation of a business that is going to transact an issue between five and fifty million dollars. Um, we do work under that when um, appropriate, and we certainly would advise businesses that are smaller than that. We are a long-term engagement focus. We like working with young or small businesses to grow them to the size they need to be to be sold. That's what I mean by having a plan in place and executing on that plan. Um, but our typical transaction size when we get the success fee is going to be in the $5 million to $50 million valuation range. That's our sweet spot. We are a retained firm, which means we have a small monthly fee that would be due to have our services provided. And then, of course, we're incentivized by the large success fee that we would receive when the business transaction actually closed. Um, we do have engagements that last 6 to 9 to 12 months, so we have a long cycle it is not a easy transaction to snap your fingers and sell a business of this size. Um, so you do more than just the traditional real estate, put a sign in the yard, put an ad on the radio, put an sure. ad on the internet and say the business is for sale. It takes a lot more time than that. Yeah, and imagine there's many layers to the onion there. there as far are. as balancing the books, and I mean, that's just a very small fraction of what is involved. Well, how is the uh, merger and acquisition place today? Actually, as I indicated, the market has really come back quite strongly in 2013 and 14. Um, we think that's due to the fact that there is a lot of pent-up cash in available for purchase. Strategic buyers are back, which is somewhat surprising. Most of the investment activity in the last few years has been with what we call private equity groups, where pools of funds have been looking to purchase businesses for their investors. Now. Um, the private business owner as well as the middle market business owner is looking around and realizing that the internal growth they can generate with their own client base has maybe been maxed out and that consolidation and acquisition will fuel future growth. So what we see is that valuations have gone up. These two types of buyers are competing for businesses now and that's good from a business owner's point of view. Um, and additionally, leverage has come back. Uh, we are not back to the boom-boom days of the LBOs with 20% down and 80% bank debt, but we are back to 50-50. And so it is possible in our market to get 50% of the financing from outside of you and your friends and the business's pockets, which, again, leads to higher market valuations, higher multiples, um, stronger activity, and the sense of competition is back. Well, excellent. Well, that was all very great information. Um, let us uh, let our listeners know how we can reach out and get in touch and learn more about uh, your company. Well, Bravaldo Capital Advisors is on the web at bc-advisors.com, or you can spell the whole thing out, Bravaldo Capital Advisors with an S, dot com. Um, our office number is 404-857-2221, and our founding partner, Donald Bravaldo, is there, as well as myself and some of our associates. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And next, we're going to speak with Steve Wadley, the retired CEO of Click Media. And my microphone is blocking you. It's kind of awkward. I can't see you. I can see one eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you are the retired CEO of Click Media. Tell us, uh, tell us the nature of the business of Click Media. Uh, we're, we do two things. We're a full-service internet advertising agency. 
And from that standpoint, we do everything from creating the, the marketing materials, hosting the websites, uh, collecting information from customers, and managing the ad spend. So kind of soup to nuts. Um, and then we also uh, run lead exchanges. And the best example I give you for that is uh, LendingTree would be okay. a very good example of a lead exchange. Um, and we deal in financial products. And uh, that's basically it. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got into being starting Click Media. Well, I kind of fell into it. Um, uh, it's a very technical business from the standpoint that, especially with financial products and secure information, we have to be compliant, we have to be secure. Uh, and personally, I can barely do email, so that's I'm not the person that does that. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but I've had a partner for all these years uh, until recently. He retired. Okay. And uh, he was the tech side. He was kind of the yin and I was the yang. Um, I was the salesman. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give you an example, it's uh, examples are the best way that I can explain something. Uh, let's say, for instance, you're a financial institution and you want to collect uh, customer information or uh, customer applications on the Internet. Uh, let's, for we instance, do. Business Radio X does want to do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, the example I would give you would be a credit card company or okay. a, a bank or a, someone in the lending business. And what we'll do is we will uh, take your products or services, we'll design everything, uh, we'll put it on the internet, we will go out and we will purchase traffic, which is customers coming through to the site. Clicks, Clicks. as it were. That's right, that's (laughs) right. And uh, we will take information and then do what, with it, what you want us to do. For instance, if it's a credit card application, uh, we'll take everything that we need, and then we'll go to the different agencies like Choice Point and Equifax and, and verify the information and then present the customer to you to sell their product. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit, I think you may have touched on it a little bit, performance marketing. There are basically three types of ways to buy traffic. Again, that's customers coming to your site or um, – on the internet, and one is called uh, CPM, which would be, uh, the best example I can give for CPM is a radio example. So if you go on the radio and you buy 10 spots, you're paying X amount of dollars per spot. Right. And that there's no dependency on, did anybody click through? Did anybody fill out the form? And then there's cost per click, uh, which is where you're buying, when someone hears or sees the spot, uh, and then they click through to the site. And then the last one would be pay for performance, mm-hmm. which is the customer clicks through to the site and actually has to do something, either fill out the form and be approved, or there's some measure of uh, customer involvement before you have, you have to pay for that customer. And uh, from the advertiser's point of view, which is the person that is we represent, uh, that's the least risky way to do it because they've they've the customers actually come to the site and shown an interest and it helps them stay engaged on the site or is it strictly just to get them to the site initially and it's the companies that have to keep them there well cost per click is going to be getting them to the site right so you'll pay for people coming to the site okay. and then uh, 
cost per action is really CPA is what we call it. Okay. And the cost per action is where they've come to the site. And again, the example I'll use is credit cards. Uh, they filled out the form. We verified the customer information and delivered the customer to uh, our client. And that would be a cost per action or a cost per lead. Okay. Um, well, tell us a little bit about Loan Market Exchange and who the players are involved. Well, uh, basically, there are two types of things that we do. One would be a, the one I just explained is where we have one client and they're either, they're selling one product. Uh, and then there is a situation where we have a lead exchange where we have one client and we have multiple uh, service providers or loan providers in the same using the same leads so the example i give you is someone comes in they fill out a, a generic form which we use to present the customer to multiple lenders uh, again the lending tree right and uh they go through their processes uh and then we sell the lead or we provide the the service for the people that that got approved for that particular lender uh, what services can you offer a financial institution? Again, uh, kind of in the same areas that uh, the previous guest. Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth, yeah. sorry. No, it's okay. And uh, we deal with small to medium-sized companies. Uh, when they get to a certain size, and the, the, the biggest, like Citibank, they do their own, they do for themselves what I do. Okay. But a small to medium-sized financial institution wouldn't have the expertise, the knowledge to, to be able to go on and uh, be compliant, be secure, and uh, um, be able to manage the ad spend in a way that – and avoid fraud. Yeah, that's important. It is, especially on the Internet. Yes, because it's my, – my mom actually has a technology company. She's been in the technology field for a long time, and she's been in Internet security since the, the Internet started. Right. And I would always just say she was an entrepreneur when people asked me what she did because I really didn't understand it. But now I understand it. Now that I see people being compromised every other day on the Internet by their personal information being given out and dis just disregarded for personal information i think if you ask her she would tell you it's as bad as it's ever been yeah yeah i would say so uh, what's what is the customer experience when comparing financial products in the marketplace well it depends on the lender um and there again are a couple of different major categories to that for instance some lenders will take the information that we provide and give an online approval uh on the spot some lenders will do a pre-approval and uh, um, and then they will contact the customer. They'll either want more documentation or more information. And then the third is someone that will take either a subset or all the information that we've provided and do uh, whatever approvals they're going to do offline after the fact. Okay. So... Well, if I was looking to uh, engage and acquire cu customers, how would I get started? What would be the first steps to to get Click Media involved? Well, obviously, it would be to contact right. us. Right. 
And uh, uh, one thing that's kind of unique about our service, um, if you look at it uh, from a business perspective, uh, and I'll use round numbers, we're trying to buy an application or a, a lead or an action for say $8 and try to sell it for $10 and we make the spread and that's how we make money um, and uh, part of our business model is that we don't charge setup fees so at our own expense we will create all the marketing materials and uh, do everything up to the point where we collect that action and then you pay us for each one that we collect so because of that that's uh on the front end that's a great way to get our foot in the door uh um and explain to people that you know we're partners with you you know we're we're betting on you so at the same time we have to make sure that we take on products that we think we can sell sure or, or we'll be doing this you know for nothing and uh so the process starts with uh, either we contact you or you contact us or, or you refer to us and, uh, and we kind of go through an evaluation gyration with the customer. And uh, if we're not the correct fit for them, uh, then uh, we would you know, tell them that obviously. And then we'd also tell them potentially what they could do to find somebody that would be a good fit. That's the best route. Right. I, I'm in the events industry, and, and certainly if I get a client that doesn't that uh, doesn't have the same vision as I do for the end result in the event, I definitely would prefer to refer them to someone that would accomplish what they're looking for than to. That's exactly right. Yeah, you want to you want them to be happy. That's the end result. Right. That's exactly right. Um, what is the state of regulation in, in your industry? Uh, well, it's. Uh, I think most people would agree that uh, it's kind of a pendulum. And sometimes it swings too far one way, and then it starts swinging back, and it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, and then it swings back the other way. Sure. Uh, I think uh, in the early 2000s through the, the middle, I think it's pretty much we all agreed that uh, uh, it had gotten a little bit out of hand. Um, the Internet, especially because it was new and regulation takes time to catch up, uh, I think uh, it went too far. Um, it's starting to come back in the other direction. Um, they've talked about it a lot, um, but it takes, you know, it's the government, so it takes time to turn that ship. We yeah. are starting to see uh, uh, new regulations that uh, some I agree with, some I don't. Um, and the question will be, you know, how far does it go? And uh, does it get, I don't want to say draconian, but does it get so far that it stifles business? And I think there are um, people out there that would say that that's already started. Yeah. So. Um, where is the marketplace headed? Well, um, <laughs> the Internet, you know, we keep seeing all these fabulous things. It's the Wild West, I know. It's uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, they're getting smarter. It's obviously going to the phones. Yeah, um, it is. I would say uh, at least half our business uh, comes through, uh, you know, interactions with mo mobile devices. Mm -hmm. um, I think that uh, that 
regulations around lending are getting tighter, um, and that can be good and it can be bad. Uh, um, I'm kind of an advocate for uh, people that don't have excellent credit, um, and uh, I think that uh, there are cases where um, some of these regulations uh, kind of leave them out of the marketplace. Um, but all in all, I think, uh, and then there's, you know, there's two types of regulations for me. There's one, there's lending, and then the second one would be uh, advertising. And I think that needs better enforcement. There's a lot of, lot of Wild West still out there. Yeah, yeah, there is. You get all these pop-ups and emails. Your email is just for anyone, anyone to solicit you right. on. And privacy. Exactly. The one. Yeah. Well, most important question, what are you doing as the retired CEO of Click Media? What do you do with your time? Well, uh, I still am active with the company. Yes. Um, I just don't go into work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which is the good news. Yes. And uh, um, how is that letting go of the reins? Uh, well, I've threatened to do it several times. <laughs> and uh, actually, uh, I've worked all my life and rarely taken much of a break. And uh, I found out that I actually really like it. Oh, good. Uh, so I'm having a good time. Wonderful. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Steve. Tell us uh, how we can reach out and get in touch with Click Media and learn more. Uh, the best way, obviously, is the website, clickmedia.com. Um, then you can uh, email Roy, who is now the CEO. He's Roy at clickmedia.com. Okay. Uh, I'm Steve at clickmedia.com, so we're very informal. Uh, and... Uh, those would be the best ways to do it. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. Uh, next up on Midtown Business Radio, we're going to speak with Dave Basarab, the founder of Mobile Business Academy. He is no stranger to the studio you have been in before. Uh, I have. I think this is my fourth time, I think. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize it had been four, but wonderful. Tell us about Mobile Business Academy. Well, first of all, thank you for having me yeah. again. It's, um, you know, maybe I would do something. Ra- I don't know. Um, I've got this wild vision that's going to come to reality in about a month. On May the 10th, we launched something called the Mobile Business Academy. To give you a little backstory here, I've been, for 41 years, I've been in corporate training development. Side point, I started when I was nine. Of course. Not really. Okay. Um, (laughs) And over the years, I've come to realize that in today's world, with the, the, when the economy went down, Companies shed themselves of their lesser talent, kept their top talent, but the workload didn't go away. So you've got all these people trying to survive, trying to thrive in a new normal. And the new normal is I don't have time to stop and head off to the three-day workshop across the state or some down to the local training center. And at the same time, businesses had to reduce funds, so they kept that kind of leadership management professional development training to a minimum well come back now they've realized we shouldn't have done that we need a lot of people to continue on but people can't get away they yeah. still can't find the time it's just i look around the room at the everything except for the retired guy we'll let them we'll let we'll let him but but the you know um, megan and elizabeth are both looking at me go yeah i know exactly what you mean so our solution is to provide world-class training in leadership, business management, and professional development to the world. 
any human being in a short little bite-sized bit that you control and you can take. We call those learning bursts. Mm -hmm. And a learning burst is about 20 minutes long, and it's a combination of a short 10-minute audio podcast, kind of like the, you would be my, my world-class uh, you know, expert. And we would do a, a kind of like an interview, but I play the stupid or maybe the inquiring student. Sure. The learner listens in. I call it voyeuristic learning. They listen in over my shoulder. In between, when you tell me your stories, you teach me one single little topic that I want to know about leadership, marketing, whatever. You, in turn, get get a little bit of it. We also supplement that with a three to four to five page PDF, a workbook. Okay, that's a burst. And when I look at, uh, at, at, at top flight professionals and they say, I, Dave, I can't afford to leave the office. I say, yeah, I get that. But could you find 20 minutes a day to learn something new? And you can do it in the evening. You can do it in the car. You can do it on the treadmill. You can do it after you bathe the kids and you're sitting down for the night. You can do it on the plane. So is mobile on your cell de- on your device or uh, mobile like you're out about, about town? Yeah, the answer is yes, 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 yes. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so what we, we we don't go we don't go high tech. We call appropriate tech. Okay. Okay. Appropriate tech is the audio is an MP3 file that plays on anything nowadays. That's on yes. any, any phone, any device, any computer. You got it. You can put it on. You can burn it to a CDD and throw it in your old car if you want. And then the PDF is a PDF. All right. It can, it can, you can print it. You can take it with you in any device. So it's extremely mobile. And so these learning bursts are designed to give you what you need when you need it. So our mission at the Mobile Business Academy is to provide world-class education and training to people who could not afford it in a fun, entertaining way uh, and that they can take and consume over and over. Kind of like the iTunes model, Jessica. When you buy a, when you buy a, a, a track off of an album, it's yours forever. Same thing here. You don't. You can take it whenever you want it. So mobile business academy. And what I've done is I've teamed up with thought leaders, people of extremely credible IP and experience from around the world, and we provide this. Uh, you know, this learning and education uh, to the masses, and we do that in a few weeks. So tell us a little bit. Um I know you've been on the show before, and we probably asked you all these questions yes, a, right. a number of times, but. <laughs> um, Tell us about the experts that you have, and do you need any producers <laughs> to tell about how to produce radio programming? Well, I, well, you know, we're, we're learning as we go. So, to give you, they, let's start off with who makes up the academy right now. We're la- we're launching with five incredible people that I have the honor to be associated with. So I'm going to give them all that. There's a gentleman out of Orlando named Simon T. Bailey, who is a world-class thought leader. And his course is called Shift to Brilliance. It sits in our professional development college. And in Shift to Brilliance, Simon teaches you how to unlock your personal brilliance and just expand your capabilities in in your own life. Uh, he teaches you how to be, to be the CEO of you, how to create a board of directors. And one of the things he preaches is how to love your customers. Okay, customer customer service is dead. Customer is. love is alive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, another another expert is Dr. Noel Capon, who is the quintessential expert in marketing. He teaches marketing mastery. He comes from Columbia up in uh, up in New York, and Noel teaches the four principles, the four imperatives of how to drive marketing in a small or a large business on a global scale. Dr. Pat Harmon out of New York is incredible. What Pat does is she teaches something called business innovation, the art of creative thinking. 
not the process, but she teaches how to go out into nature and unlock your creative juices through that method. I'd love to see her over in the Flotus stuff. That would be interesting to put her together. And what I've learned from her is there's so many different ways to unlock creativity. Uh, an Atlanta-based person, Dr. Jennifer Conweiler, has a best-selling book and speaks all around the world on a concept called the introverted leader, building on your quiet strength. Did you know that 50% of the populations are introverts? You just described me. I'm definitely an introverted leader. I didn't know there was a term for it. There, there absolutely <laughs> is. And the problem is they get consumed in the extroverted business world. Yeah. Well, she teaches you in this particular uh, program how to unlock your quiet strength and actually thrive as an introvert. Um, and the, our fifth and final one that we're launching with is a guy named uh, Stuart Levine out of San Francisco who teaches the art of collaboration, avoiding conflict through the art of agreement. And so how do you uh, – conflict and, and, and how do you go around that? So got lucky in that I found five. We're, we're, we're going to launch five more. There are a couple more we're working on right now. But we want to put out five now and do five to ten each year. So over the next five to six years, we want this academy to be this incredible incredible menu that you can take. What's kind of neat about how you engage with us, you become a member for free. And then you pick and choose what you want. You could take three, three, three learning bursts from one program in our leadership college. Then you turn around and say, well, let's take a couple more from business management because I need that. And I'm going to take a handful and complete my own customized curriculum from professional development. The idea here is you're completely in charge. You pick what you want to take. And you don't, it's kind of neat. With the way we've designed them is you don't, if, if, if there's a program that has 10 learning bursts in it, you don't have to take one through six to get to number seven, which is the one that interests you. They're standalone, mini-level courses that anybody can take. Uh, and we're, we, we think the market is ready for this because nobody offers this. And we think we're ready to go out and really rock the world and say there's a different way to grow professionally. And also, if you're a member of a company, we sold – uh, in my other consulting business, I've had 10,000 people go through these in various forms. Big firms like, like IBM and Booz Allen and ADP uh, have a lot of their people taking our programs. We know this works. So now the question is let's get it out in an affordable way that's fun and entertaining. Well, it sounds like you've got that pretty under control as well. The topics that you have are engaging to me. I would definitely want to learn more about each of them. Um, and if I can learn about it in a burst, as you say, the only thing I can p compare your system to is a mentoring program, except this is much more finite. You get to pick exactly what you want to hear instead of... I really like that term. Think about this. I'm going to even build upon that. Your own personal set of mentors. Yeah. And, and our guarantee is, because you're going to think about what's our competition. Our competition is free. Yeah. Okay. It's, it, it's anybody can put up a YouTube video. Anybody can put up something. Some of it is really, really good. Some of it is not so good. Right. What we do at the Mobile Business Academy is we make sure that whoever joins us is is the, is the real deal. Right. Yeah. They've got it. They are a proven entity. I've got a lot of people want to come knock on my door and say, "Hey, well, I want to be part of that. I want to get put my program in there." And and I and I say no. Right. Because they don't meet the values in the, cri in the high, high bar criteria we get in. And when you listen to some of these people, they are, you know, one of the things you think about personal mentors, I have the best job in the world with this. I get to sit across the table 
and have these people teach me and then work with them for a second. I think it's about six months to bring one in. But like I, I you know, I, I, I sit I sat in Knowles Brownstone in, 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 in down in Manhattan. I sat across someone's dinner table or we go into a studio to record. Because you can do this uh relatively inexpensively as you probably know but with high quality so it's a really cool job but i do like that personalized set of mentors you can just grab and choose anyone you want yeah excellent yeah you can take notes on that i'll let you thank you that's my free tip of the day there we will use that So um, how did you come into this, though? What is your background? Oh, it's an interesting animal. So if you look at me, uh, you know, as I said, 40 years in corporate training development, all in Fortune 100 firms. Uh, I've been everything from an instructional designer, course developer, teacher, all the way up to chief learning officer. And how the, the concept of learning burst came about was there, there was a problem that needed a solution. And the problem I had when I was head of learning at Pitney Bowes, I had 2,000 salespeople in the United States, all mobile, had to go out and call on 14 customers a day. They didn't have the time to get back to the training center, which happened to be in Peachtree City, Georgia. So what we decided to do is we said, let's create these tiny little courses, call them learning bursts. Let's put it on an audio and give them a PDF and let's put it out there. So we, we made them u- unique for, for that group. Okay, and it worked, and it worked. And we we saw sales go up. We knew where people liked it, and um, my last gig before I bef- became a consultant, I was at Ingersoll Rand University, and I set up their global leadership and general management college for all of it. And I met a gentleman, that guy named Dr. Phil Young, uh, on and he he taught the best business acumen in finance for nine financial managers I ever saw. It was a dream. So Phil and I, we decided, let's put this into a burst form. Let's take what his kind, his subject, his capability, my design stuff, and that's where we started selling to IBM, and that's where we started selling to others. Um, so that's that gets me here to saying that a year ago, when I said, I know there's a market out there. I know I can sell this, but how in the world do I do this? So I went to a workshop, and we decided, I decided when I left the workshop, that the way to launch this was through totally 100% social media because we're a virtual university. Uh, there is no brick, no mortar. And I went and hunt and pecked and I did a lot of research and I found a firm out of Austin, Texas called Sheldon Interactive which has been working with me since about uh, September of this year to bring this to, to the moment. So we're about ready to launch the entire campaign. The website is almost done. We're just testing it now. We're testing out the shopping cart and all that little old stuff. But, you know, the uh, um, we're up in Facebook we're in Twitter, uh, we're in LinkedIn. I just saw the YouTube channel yesterday went up, and the and the social media campaign launches in about about, about a week. And then the word the word goes out. And if I may, the website is mobilebizacademy.com. And uh, come come May ten, we're going to go live to the world, and we're going to see what happens. Excellent. Well, as a new mom, I can tell you that learning bursts is the only way I'm going to be able to learn for a while because I have about that amount of time before I'm needed. <laughs> you probably get what called you know sleep bursts. You get right. 20 minutes at a shot, right? Yeah. Be, you know, before exactly. your, your your daughter, you told us, yes. right, that yes. wakes you up. Yep. Um, so we've already deci- discussed how it's better to learn this way. Um, do you have any more that you need to add about the how professionals learn in this manner? Yeah, I, I think one of the things you need to think about is that that um, it should be for you what's going to help you grow currently today and what you need to grow into the future. I, 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 I loved how Elizabeth says to have a goal. 
Okay, and we tell professionals have a goal, what you want to do with your career, financially, personally. But we find that anybody who's a professional, whether you're an individual contributor or you're a, a manager or you're an organizational leader, if you know what you like to do and what you want to do, and if you develop yourself in that way, then when you when you get to those roles, the the money's going to come. But I think more importantly, the enjoyment of what you do is going to come. I remember Steve talking. You could just tell in Steve's voice how much he enjoyed what he does and still does. But I think he likes him for retirement just a little bit more. <laughs> That's fine, too. So the idea is you've got to continually develop. You've got to look forward ahead. And as the Mobile Business Academy grows, we think we can help people satisfy that need for professional and personal growth. It sounds like you're on the right track for that, for sure. Um, would do you feel that your academy is uh, is an alternate to going back to traditional college? And we, we don't. We we're not bold enough to say we're going to replace Georgia Tech or the University right. of Georgia. No, okay, no. we are a supplement to that. Yeah, right? because the, you know they do any of the traditional colleges, whether they are online or a brick-and-mortar firm, they are spectacular. Yeah. Um, but we find that when people get back in and their degrees are done, there's still continual lifelong learning. We fill that space. Yeah. Okay? We're not trying to get, go off and because uh, and, and, we think we are complementary to them. And in fact, some of the people that are in as, as academy prof, uh, professors and experts do come for that from that space. Uh, but uh, no, they would eat us alive if we, if we went against them. <laughs> I know um, that uh, a lot of people, um, let's see, sorry, how can people make the most out of their downtime in a conference? Yeah, well, you think, well, you think about it this way. If I go back and I talk to hundreds and hundreds of people who've taken a Learning Burst course, I said, where do you take it? And some of the most interesting ones, I'll share a couple of stories with you. Uh, I had one senior VP of sales lovely woman and uh, she said Dave you know when I listen to your audios when I want to listen to you and Noel or listen to you and Simon talk and I and I said when she says I just after we fed the kids and I'm doing the dishes put my headset on and for that 15 20 minutes as I'm doing I'm uh, I just listen to you guys and I think then I go I have play time with my children and my husband and after the kids go to bed I'll grab a glass of wine sit in front of the sit in front of the fireplace Bring that out, and I'm going to read your PDF. And we see all kinds of activities. It's interesting, Jessica, because it, it's, it's two mediums. It's catching two parts of the learning uh, model here. I ask people, do you, what would you like? Is, it, is audio the thing or is the print? The, you know, what do you think they say if I say forced choice? Which one would you give up and which one do you keep? Which one do you think they would say they would keep? The MP3. Okay. Interesting. So did I. And well, we can refer to the other later, too. Yeah, true. But it's interesting. When I went, it's about 50-50. Really? Yeah. Most people say, I'll take the, I'll take the PDF. I, I'll, take the, I'll take the audio. Most people tell me, I don't want to give up either. They like the choice. <laughs> they like the choice. Yeah. Uh, so, and you can listen, read, listen, read. And, and, and we, tell it, we tell people it's like vitamin. Learning is like vitamins. Just take one a day. Okay? 20 minutes a day. Uh, whenever you can. Lunch break on the way to the office. If you've got a commute on a train, perfect time mm -hmm. to develop yourself. Yeah. I believe that people are open to this aspect of learning now, too, because so many of us do our own research online, and we're open to going online and finding answers. So if there's a specific place we can go, and we know the answers are going to be there every time, I think 
Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things you'll find is uh, in my generation, uh, we were uh, uh, the, the learning and the way that we research, we were deep down silo thinkers, right? Because of Google, most of the current population are skimmers, okay? They get little pieces of information, and they go from So we're acknowledging that that exists. We're not going to try to un get un undo them and send them to a five-day school. We're going to get them that little bitty, just enough to learn that one little thing. What's kind of neat about it is you pick what you want to learn when you want to learn it as often as you want. Excellent. Well, tell us again uh, about the launch, when, when that will happen, and what we can expect. What we can, what you can expect, thank you for asking. Um, we go live May the 10th. We'll probably do a soft launch here in another week or so, but the actual make sure that everybody knows uh, will uh, we'll be, we'll be May the 10th. Um, and I said all, all throughout social media on the website, but we know that that this is going to start slow and it's going to it's going to work itself. We're on a slow but steady pace. Our goal is to have fifteen thousand members by the end of the year and grow that into the hundreds of thousands over the next few years. Because if you figure if if the planet is the marketplace, fifteen thousand should be doable if we are offering the right thing. And the one thing that I know works is I'm the producer. I, I'm the platform guy. I bring talent to the needs of the learner. Yeah, you're the executive producer That's of exactly the business, what it is. business academy. Yeah, and I'm on every audio. But the thing is, what sells this is the quality of the talent, the, the experts that we call the Knowles, the Pats, the Jennifers, the Stewarts of the world. When they teach you, you can, you can think about it this way. Some of these people, when they go speak, they get ten to $25,000 a speech. The population can't afford to meet them. Now you can because we're giving it at a very reasonable price, and you're going to get treated to something really, really special. So we'll see come, uh, come about a month from now. Excellent. Well, we look forward to it. Well, that's all the time we have today for Midtown Business Radio, all of us here at Business Radio X. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Midtown Business Radio. 